1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. The expert from REMAX Prime Properties, Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Our first guest today, a familiar name in real estate and political circles, Asif. Thank you, Tina. I'm going to welcome back Tim Hudak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Back to the show. Kim, welcome. Yeah, good morning, Asif. Tina, thanks for having me back on On The Market. Tim, always a pleasure to have you on, and doesn't seem like you've been busy at all. <laughs> Tell us a little bit <laughs> about what's happening, and especially let's let's focus on the fall economic statement that just came out. Some great news for affordability and also for home uh, renters and owners in Ontario. Yeah, for for sure, and, and I know things are are a bit tough for the real estate market with the higher interest rates and. And that puts um, you know greater mortgage costs on people concerned buying a home. But our work doesn't stop us. So that the Ontario Real Estate Association works with Ontario Realtors. We are focused on getting more homes built that everyday Ontarians and Canadians can afford. Nothing will make us happier than we can create that next generation of Canadian homeowners. So a big part of that job is lobbying Premier Ford, the Finance Minister Peter Bethencalvi, and other politicians. Uh, on good ideas to get homes built. Every year uh, around this time, there's something called the Fall Economic Statement that's done by the finance minister. We all know about budget time. That's usually in the spring. But halfway through the year, they give an update to the legislature about progress and sometimes announce new programs. They're very excited this past week that there are a lot of uh, good nuggets in there to support our main mission of getting more homes built people can afford. Let's talk about some of those nuggets then, removing the HST. What do you think and what does it mean? Yeah, this is great. Um, we, uh, we've, we've been lobbying for this both at a provincial and national level. Um, as you might remember, Tina, I had the honor of sitting on the province's housing affordability task force. And this is probably our number one recommendation for getting more purpose-built rental built. We, um, we all know we've got a housing challenge across the spectrum. If we want the, the single-family home, we want the semi-detached, or we want a nice apartment, and by taking the HST, that's both the provincial and federal portions, off of new um, rental buildings, that will be the, the biggest amount of gas in the tank to get more of them built. And also the introduction of the Ontario Infrastructure Bank, Tim. Exciting news there as well. Lots happening. Tell our listeners a little bit about what that is and how it's going to benefit them. Yeah, and, and I want to give the government credit because, just as we leave that last topic, there have been more purpose-built rentals uh, in this uh, province in the 21 and 22 than we've seen since the 1970s. So this will help get even more uh, built for rental choices, and that's also good investment income for, for average families. Now, as we build stronger communities, we're also going to need to have you know more long-term care homes for an aging population affordable housing and, and infrastructure to support it, whether that's roads, transit, or energy projects. So we're very happy to see that the finance minister, Beth Falvey, had an infrastructure bank as part of this economic statement. It'll basically allow municipalities to borrow through the province at a much more affordable rate of interest 
so they can invest in those types of infrastructure that can make neighborhoods and communities more prosperous and get more homes built. So how quickly can we get those homes built? Because it does come down to not only affordability, but supply. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and I do like to say that we have made some important strides. I, I mentioned, Tina, the rental units that were built in 2022. And uh, similarly, in 2021, we had 100,000 new homes built. That's the most in 30 years in Ontario. And 22 was just behind it at 96,000. So we are seeing progress there. Things sadly have slowed down with higher interest rates because projects are more expensive to build. But I do think there's a lot of good ideas on the table that I've already talked about and some others to get those homes going for, you know, that, that first time buyer out there who just got married, kids on the way, listen to mom and dad, got a good job and a good degree, but can't find a home. I, I do believe that because of our advocacy and, and politicians of all strikes that are listening, we are seeing a toolbox being built to actually mean the keys are on the way. And, and Tim, just driving through Markham, that entire piece of land at Major Mackenzie and Kennedy, it seems like there's a lot happening. I'm, I'm seeing even along Highway 7, lots of homes being built, condos back up, projects that were delayed or or on hold for a while are now starting to get moving. Is this good news for all of these projects to be hitting at the same time? And what's that going to mean for our inventory levels moving forward? Well, you know, for um, more than two decades, Asif, we, we didn't build enough homes to keep up with demand. We had the millennials who were coming of age, you know, getting into the workforce, getting ready to have a family. We had new immigration coming into our country or from other provinces. And man, we were not building the homes. So a lot of catch up to be done. But you're pointing out that we are seeing more homes built. Here's some other ideas that, you know, I'd I, I like our politicians to focus on. Uh, we want to see more intensification. We're doing the right thing by building new transit lines, for example. So let's build up around them. We should have an as of right to go from, you know, depending where you are, five to 11 stories uh, along those transit lines. Enable a greater conversion of excess commercial properties that aren't being used. Put them in residential. And government is our largest landlord in Ontario. There's a lot of space that is underutilized or not used at all. They could follow New York City's example and target that land for homes for first-time buyers and renters. In New York Asset, they did over 160,000 homes people could afford that way. So they can do that in New York City. Surely, to goodness, we can do that in the GTA in our province of Ontario. Let's hope so. Tim, you often talk about the dream of home ownership. Do you think that's still an attainable dream for this next generation or those new to this country? It it is. And that desire um, that drove us, that drove our parents, our grandparents. And when my grandparents came here from from Europe and settled in the Toronto area, you know, the first thing they wanted to do was to save up every penny they could. and And they bought a home to raise their family. They, they turned the upstairs into apartment they rented out to help pay down the mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. That, that Canadian dream, I'm happy to report, is still very much alive and well in Canada. When we do our surveys, and your listeners can see them at OREA, O-R-E-A dot com, we find that that desire to own a home is just as strong with people in their 20s and 30s and early 40s today as it was a generation ago. The challenge is not enough homes there and a big roadblock in the land transfer tax that's doubled in Toronto. So we do have some ideas we're now seeing put into place. I give you some more. 
But man, if we could actually knock down that land transfer tax for first time buyers, particularly, that would really help out open the door of home ownership for even more people. That would certainly increase buying power and, and make things a lot better. And, and, and speaking of power, Aria has a powerhouse conference coming up at the end of the month. Tell us a little bit. That was almost like a Ron McLean. But uh, tell us a little bit about the powerhouse conference because I'm just going through the agenda and there's some fantastic speakers. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Aspen. And I, I know you've come in the past. I hope that you're going to make it on November 28th. It's taking place in Toronto at the Harbour Castle uh, Hotel. And it is really where, you know, politics, public policy, and real estate come together. It is the best public affairs conference anywhere in Canada. And to show how important it is, we have uh, Premier Ford will be speaking to us about his housing plans in the province. All the leaders of the political parties in Ontario, including Myron Stiles, the leader of the official opposition, will talk about their ideas. We have the housing minister there, Paul Calandra, uh, and the consumer minister, Todd McCarthy. Uh, we're going to do also a, a look at small town Ontario to see how things are happening in our small communities with the agriculture and rural minister. So it's the who's who of provincial politics. But here's the bonus. You ready for the bonus? Our keynote speaker is former Prime Minister of the Kingdom, Boris Johnson. It will be his first speech in Canada. He's retired from politics. And he really pushed the housing idea, the home ownership idea in the UK. We'll look forward to getting his advice for how we can make that work in Canada. Wow, okay. I just registered. Um, if our uh, listeners want to register or if they want more information about the conference, Tim, where can they find it? You, you bet. And this is open to realtors, uh, fans of real estate, or people who just like politics and want to see those speakers talk about homeownership and housing and getting things built. So you can go to our website. It is oreapowerhouse.com. That's O-R-E-A areapowerhouse.com and sign up and hopefully we'll see you there on November the 28th. I will see you there. Thanks so much for joining on the market. You bet. Awesome. Great to hear from you again and have yourself a great rest of the weekend. Thank you. You too, Tim. After the break, the four-step money-saving plan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan, from REMAX Prime Properties with today's next guest and details about Financial Literacy Month. Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Stuart Wilkinson, Chief Consumer Officer for the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Ontario. Stuart, welcome to On the Market. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. And Stuart, to mark Financial Literacy Month, which is November, the FSRA has set out a four-step plan to help save consumers money. Tell us a little bit about those four steps. Absolutely. So we've, uh, FISRA, uh, or the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Ontario, has done some research recently. And we found that um, most people have an opportunity to invest a little bit more of their time in learning more about uh, their financial situation. And we wanted to make that real for folks and direct them to some, some really specific 
things or resources uh, that they can use to improve their financial literacy. So the four steps are, um, first of all, if you're working with a mortgage broker, uh, verifying that mortgage broker's credentials and asking them some questions to understand how the mortgage they're recommending will impact your financial situation. And then building on that, also in the mortgage space, if you're considering a private mortgage, thinking about an exit strategy. Private mortgages are, are an option for some consumers, but typically the terms are very different and they're meant to be a short-term stopgap, not a long-term solution. Pivoting over to auto insurance, uh, when you're purchasing auto insurance, it's really important to shop around. So our, our third um, tip to improve your financial literacy is looking at your options when it becomes time to renew your auto insurance policy. And finally, and I'm really excited about this one, uh, if you're working with a financial advisor or financial planner, know to ask the right questions and ask specifically about the credentials that that financial advisor or financial planner has and what credentialing body gave them those credentials. Individuals using the financial planner and financial advisor's titles in Ontario must hold a credential from a FISRA-approved credentialing body. That's a new development on, in Ontario, and it's a great way to make sure that the person you're getting from advice from meets a minimum standard of uh, conduct in the financial advice space. And Stuart, the FSRA research also showed that some surprising results actually regarding folks and how they make their financial decisions. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Absolutely. So we found um, pretty consistently that uh, folks are um, more likely to do things that are more fun than thinking about their finances. So for example, uh, nearly 40% of respondents to our survey said that they spend more time planning their vacation than understanding their mortgage. And when you think about the stakes behind that, um, your vacation versus your long-term financial commitment to the biggest uh, purchasing decision that you make in your life, um, the, the stakes are pretty clear on where you should be spending most of your time. But a big chunk of consumers are actually spending more time thinking about their vacation. And honestly, I'll put my hand up, I'm probably one of those consumers that's more interested in planning my vacation than understanding their mortgage. So that's completely understandable. But what we're really interested in is understanding why folks may be a little hesitant to learn more about their mortgage and then creating easy ways for them to access information and become more empowered consumers the next time they need to make a decision about that mortgage. And another finding was that 40% of the people surveyed get their financial advice from word of mouth and another 35% from the internet. Sounds like real estate advice that they're getting as well, but uh, what do you <laughs> recommend to these people and, and what would be the right way to go about getting this information? So I, everybody's circumstances are different, right? And I, I, I think there are lots of folks that are really well-suited for a do-it-yourself approach where they're getting that information from the internet and they have sources that they trust or word of mouth and they have sources that they trust. That's fine. But for some other people, do-it-yourself isn't appropriate. I know for me, basically doing anything around the house not appropriate to do do it yourself. Uh, it's going to end, end poorly for me. So I think we want to make sure that people have 
the right resources at their fingertips and know the questions to ask to make sure that they're getting the information they need to make good decisions about their finances. So for those people that are getting their information primarily from the internet or social media or word of mouth, um, the, the ask is for them to really reflect on um, how, how well they understand their finances, uh, what information they need to make the, the right decisions, and then if they feel like they need somebody else there to help guide them, um, then helping them understand what sort of folks that they can uh, reach out to, like financial advisors or financial planners. Stuart, I want to just circle back to some of the findings again. You know, some of the respondents, as you suggested, spend more time planning a vacation or researching their cell phone purchase. So how do you get beyond that anxiety or the reluctance so that we are facing our own money reality? Yeah, I think that's a really difficult question. And it sounds really simple to say just spend more time learning about your finances or dedicate the couple hours it takes to shop around on auto insurance. But the reality is people are facing a lot of different stresses in their lives. They're juggling a lot of different priorities. So we need to really understand that and listen to consumers and meet them where they are to to give them the resources they need to be successful in this space. Uh, So I, since I took this position on in FISRA in our consumer office, I've kind of regarded myself as a bit of a super consumer and really tried to dedicate the time to understanding my situation and understanding the options available to me. And it's hard work. So uh, going back to my answer at the start, we've really tried to create some bite-sized steps that will help people improve their financial literacy, put some resources up on our website, and make things as easy as possible for anybody looking to invest a little bit more time and kind of get over that hump and start um, better understanding their situation. And there's a great line in the study that says, an informed consumer is an empowered consumer. What types of services do you have to help people understand credit and how that affects them and how they can get mortgages and and financing? Does FISRA also guide people on how to make the right decisions with those? Absolutely. And I, I love that line too. And that that's what we're all about building. Building up is empowered consumers that um, know the right questions to ask and know what to expect from the professionals that they're working with. A credit is a, is a big topic. Um, and what we're most interested in is making sure that the different regulated entities that uh, we oversee. Um, It could be a credit union, it could be a mortgage broker, uh, making sure that they're treating consumers fairly. Um, And on the other end, making sure consumers understand what they should expect and know what types of questions to ask those regulated entities. So it's a bit of a two-way street, and I think we're really proud of the work that we're doing to um, both build up public confidence and public education in the sectors that we regulate and increase or raise the bar for how consumers are treated by the entities that we license. Why now? Why is it more important now more than ever to spend and invest smarter? 
Well, right now, um, we, we see every day in the headlines uh, news about how pressed um, consumers are. And we're also seeing more and more news uh, showing the linkage between overall well-being and financial well-being. So I think it's just becoming more and more evident that um, finances can be a really major stressor on people's lives. And when you combine that with the fact that the cost of living is continuing to increase and people are facing more and more um, priorities and stresses that they have to juggle, um, it, like you said, becomes more and more important to get financially literate and better understand the options available to you. And Stuart, if people want more information about the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Ontario or FISRA, where can they find that? Our website is www.fsrao.ca and on there you'll find lots of different resources uh, in the different sectors that we regulate, mortgage brokers, credit unions, insurance, pension plans, financial planners, and financial advisors. So that's really the gateway to the resources I've been talking about. That's great information for sure, Stuart. Thanks so much for joining On The Market. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On The Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Your questions for Asif Khan are next. And we begin with Barb from Thornhill who is hoping to purchase a cottage property, but is concerned that she may not have lots to choose from in the fall and winter months. Asif, what do you think? Well, that certainly is true because there's not a lot of cottage properties available until usually when the, the snow is melting or the ground is thawing. And you may not want to purchase a cottage property during the winter when the ground is covered with snow because you won't be able to really see everything. So unless you know the area and you know the properties around there, that's when you may be able to pick up a good deal in the wintertime. But there certainly is slim pickings right now. And you also have to remember that some cottages are not on roads which are year-round or maintained year-round. So you may not even be able to get to some of these places, and especially if you have to take a boat out to it, things like that. It may not be viable for you to get to those cottages to see them. So definitely slim pickings a uh, better time would be spring summer season but uh, at the same time they some pro- cottage properties do move during the winter so water access we have to be aware of that during the winter months obviously that's right so and that's why some of these properties aren't available year-round because mm-hmm. some of them only have water access so uh, we do have a cottage property that is available uh, and it will be throughout the winter and uh, but and that's why I say there could be some instances where properties are available because there's some properties that people do rent out for the winters or especially during Christmas time and people want to just get away. So, you know, if you find something like that that you can get to year round and it is available, there could be a good deal waiting for you. So if Barb wants more information about that cottage property that you have listed, where can they contact? Uh, They can call me directly at 416-985-5426 and I'd be happy to email the information over. And in terms of deals... 
Are there deals to be had in the cottage country area or, or not? There are recently. Uh, you know, we went through a, a time where cottage properties were, I would say, overvalued. And now they've started to come down mm. uh, to reality because there was so much demand over the COVID period, uh, 2020, 2021. Everyone wanted a cottage property. They wanted to get away from the city. But now that they're starting to move back, you're starting to see some deals in cottage properties. So they are out there. All right, next question. Jenna from Markham has plans to sell her parents' home, but wants to know if she should wait for spring. If so, what preparations should she do now and before that time comes? Well, again, it depends on how much work you need to do to the property in order to get it sale ready. And you want to time it so that there's less competition on the market when you hit for your listing. So if that time in your area is right now, then it would be a great time to put your place up. The window usually closes around the second week, third week of December, and then it stays quiet until usually around the 10th, 15th of January. So if you're going to get on the market right now, it's it's a fairly good time to do so. There's some confidence that's returned to the market since the last rate hold, and that's going to continue to fuel the market as we move forward. And then after, if you wanted to have it set up during Christmas time or have it painted or decluttered, then you may want to wait until mid-January to hit the market and get a jump start on those that are waiting for springtime because you don't want to jump on when all of your neighbors are on the market as well. That just provides more competition and then it becomes a price war. So you mentioned inventory. What's it like out there? Right now, it depends on the pocket that you're in, but in general, it's probably around three months of inventory, which seems really high from what we were used to over the last few years, where we had one month or less of inventory, but it's still a seller's market. And until we hit five months, six months of inventory, it's going to be a balanced market. Anything over six months is going to be a buyer's market. So a long way to go before we get to a buyer's market. And there's lots of rumors out there that we're already in a buyer's market, but we're not. It's just that it's more of a normal market, whereas we have three months of inventory and it's a healthier market for buyers to be shopping in. Three months of inventory. Is that typical for this time of year? Although I'm not even sure what typical means anymore in real estate. Well, it and that's exactly it. There's no typical in terms of inventory anymore because we've been so used to having limited inventory and hovering around the six weeks to two months mark. So it's a little bit more than what we're used to over the last few years. However, it's still not enough. So we're still seeing houses get asking or over asking or just under asking there's no real deals out there in terms of it being a buyer's market a buyer's market is when you can pretty much command the price that you want to pay and the seller has to agree because there's nothing else happening right now we're not at that stage so and we may never get to that stage because if the consumer confidence continues to return and the buyers are out there scooping up inventory and it's going to just create more of that snowball effect where inventory is going to decline, supply is going to be high, and we're going to start getting into higher prices. As a reminder, if you have questions for On the Market, send your email to info at 1059theregion.com or contact Asif directly. Asif? They can call me at 416-985-5426. That's 416-985-CON. 
If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.